Welcome to 1001 Radio Crime Solvers Podcast. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and we want 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to be your favorite place to go to enjoy a great mix of vintage detective shows from the golden age of radio. The scripts were great, the action was hot, and even the old commercials are enjoyable. And now, another episode of 1001 Radio Crime Solvers is ready to go. Enjoy! Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Hello there, this is Diamond. I have a little office on Broadway at 53rd Street. And if you happen to be in the neighborhood sometime, you might notice a sign on the door. It reads, Diamond Detective Agency. Yeah, that's how I make a living, such as it is. I sit at my desk behind that door and wait for someone to come in and hire me. Eventually, trouble works its way into someone's life and gives him a shove in my direction. He tells me about it, and I listen with the attitude of a father confessor. When he's done, I dry my eyes and tell him what I think. What I think really doesn't matter, because it's just a shortcut to $100 a day in expenses. Sure, you can hire a guy for less money, but when I work, it's for a price I figure I'm worth. It's got to be that way because sometimes it works a little dirty and I have to swallow a lot of pride. I get mixed up in everything from simple divorce to muscle-bound homicide and when trouble can't find me a client, it starts working on yours truly and I wind up in a corner. I guess trouble figured I was just about due for a squeeze play because one night last week, two lifers in the state pen started working me into their plans. About it, Walsh. Shut up. Wait until the guards pass. Okay. Drag out the cards like we was playing. Sure. Is it uh, set for the night? Yeah. I got the car and everything. Yeah. We'll head for Florida and get across to Cuba. Oh, well, I'd be glad to get out of this uh, three lousy years. Yeah, I got eight behind me. I used every minute figuring how I'm going to take care of a guy. Oh, Walsh, you're not going to start that again. Forget it. Be glad you're getting out. You knock off that guy and you'll never make it to Cuba. Now, look. I figured this whole thing out. I paid out a lot of dough just to make it come off. And when it does, I'm going to kill an ex-cop. And you're going to help me. Me? Yeah. Unless you want to rot here. Oh, you're out of your mind. If this break comes off, it'll be the neatest trick in years. And you want to louse it up by knocking off some guy on the outside? You can stay here and rot if you want to. The only way I take you along is you help me to get a guy named Diamond. Yeah, but you waste a lot of time in New York. They'll have the roads covered by then. Look, just because this Diamond guy knocked off your brother and that bank job... You see, you you bust out of here, it's on my terms. Now make up your mind, it's getting late. Okay. Give me the layout. Hey, 
what is it, Otis? We just got a call, Lieutenant. Two prisoners busted out of Sing Sing, killed two guards. Who are they? Big time. Bob Wells and Charles Walsh. Charles Walsh? Yeah, life. I know, I know. Diamond helped send him up before I took over this department. Otis, get Diamond on the phone. Diamond? Yeah, Diamond. Who'd you think I meant? Little Red Riding Hood? Yeah, yeah Lieutenant. Oh, Diamond, Otis. Bring me my bicarbonate, Otis. Someday I'm going to get good and sore. What did you say? Uh, nothing. Ah, uh, nuts. Now, what's the matter? His office don't answer. Give me that phone. Huh? We've got to find him before Walsh does. Maybe he's over at Helen Asher's house. All right, Otis, stop standing on one foot. You can leave. Residence. Hello, Francis. This is Lieutenant Levinson. Is Diamond there? Why, no, sir, but Miss Asher expects him. Oh, oh wait a moment, sir. Here's Miss Asher. It's Lieutenant Levinson for Mr. Diamond, Miss Helen. Oh, thank you, Francis. Hello, Walt. How are you, Helen? I was looking for Rick. Oh, I was just talking to him. He should be here in about 20 minutes. Why? Uh, will you have him call me right away? Is something wrong? Oh, no, no. Just tell him... Tell him an old friend of his is in town, and I have to talk to him about it. Oh, all right, Walt. I'll tell him. Well, thanks, Helen. It'll be at least 20 minutes. He's walking over from his office. Okay, Diamond, hold it right there. Start walking over to that sedan. Don't you know it's not polite to point? Look, laughing boy, I got a big gun in my pocket. Well, I'm proud of you. I thought it was a crossbow. Get moving. Okay. I'd never seen him before. He was a tall guy with a scar on his chin. He walked me over to the sedan and opened the door. He moved in close and shook me down. He relieved me of my 38 and motioned me into the front seat. I slid in and he started to follow, so I kept one leg out in front of me and kicked him in the face. I couldn't get enough leverage to cool him, but it gave me enough time to get out the other door and start making like a miler. I looked over my shoulder and saw him climb out holding a bloody nose. I knew he wouldn't take a shot unless he got close enough to make it count. So when he started after me, I ducked into the subway. I found a dime and went through the turnstile. A train was getting ready to pull out, so I pushed my way on just as the gonnet came down the stairs. He said he wasn't happy to see me go. He didn't even wave goodbye. Wait a minute, you! Wait! Oh, nuts. No, You and your swell ideas. What's the matter? I waited for Diamond outside his office, like you said. I started to hustle him in the car, and he kicked me in the face. Oh. I think my nose is you broken. You stupid... I told you to be careful. Yeah, sure you did. You think I like getting booted in the nose? Look, if you want Diamond so much, you get him yourself. Maybe you can tell me how you're going to get to Cuba without me? Huh? Oh. Well, what do you want me to do now? I still want Diamond. Yeah, but he jumped the subway train. How am I supposed to find her? I found out he's got a dame over in Park Avenue. Pick her up and bring her over here. Pick her up? I'd give you the chair for kidnapping. I'll use her to get Diamond. Pick her up if you want to get out of the country. Yeah, but a no, snitch... Look, I busted you out of store. I can bust you right back in. No. Now pick her up. Her name is Helen Asher. She lives at 975 Park. Well, what if someone else is there? What if there is? You want me to stop over making a fourth for bridge? Get him out of the way and bring the dame to me.
diamond. Lieutenant's been looking all over the city for you. I bet you've been a nervous wreck. I wouldn't care if you fell off the George Washington Bridge, Shamus. Why, Otis, after all, we've been to each other. Uh, nuts. You better go on in and see the lieutenant. Sure. Hey, uh, Sergeant. Yeah? When are you going to get some new shoes? If yours turn up anymore in front, you'll have to ski to work. Uh... Hello, Walt. Rick, we've been looking all over for you. Why don't you cops get on the job? It's getting so it isn't safe for a citizen to walk the streets at high noon. What are you yakking about? Well, I leave my office to go to see Helen and some goon tries to hold me up. Well, you're lucky you didn't get it right then. Do you know who busted out of jail last night? Go on, scare me. Charles Walsh. He swore if he ever did bust out, he'd get you. Well, that explains something. Why, what happened? This character tries to hustle me into a car, so I shoved my foot in his face and beat it into a subway. But it wasn't Walsh. Might have been Bob Wells. He busted out with him. I can tell you in a minute, got a file on him? Sure. Otis, bring in the file on Bob Wells. Right away, Lieutenant. Oh, Walt, do you mind if I use your phone? No, go ahead. I better call Helen. Tell her I'm going to be a little late. Well, I just talked to her and asked her to have you call. Where is everybody? Yes? Francis? Oh, Mr. Diamond. Please hurry over here. Something's happened to Miss Asher. What are you talking about? Miss Asher's been kidnapped. What? Yes, sir. A man came in and made Miss Asher go down to his car at the point of a gun. He also hit me over the head. Was he a tall man with a scar on his chin? Yes, sir. That's right. We'll be right over. Walt, I think the guy that tried to push me around has kidnapped Helen. Oh, no. He pulled a gun on her and slugged Francis. We better get over there. Now, if Charles Walsh is loose and he's trying to get me, then snatching Helen is a sure way to get me to come around. Hey, uh, where's that file on Bob Wells? Wait a minute. Otis. Yeah, Lieutenant. Haven't you got that file on Wells yet? Yes, sir. Just bringing it in. Well, step on it. Otis is bringing it in. Here you are, Lieutenant. Let me see it. Hey, now, wait a minute. Oh, shut up, Otis. This is the guy, all right. He's the one who tried to pick me up. Uh, uh, may I take one of these pictures, Walt? Sure, but what are you going to do? I'll see if I can find him. You go on over and talk to Francis. See if this is the same guy who took Helen. I'm going to go down to Skid Row and talk to a wise old owl who knows about things like this. I got out of the 5th precinct in a hurry and grabbed a cab for Skid Row. I knew an old deadbeat down there who had a line on every crook in the underworld. And there was just a chance he could tell me where Bob Wells was hiding out. His name was Wilbur Truitt, and he hung out in a shabby dive called the Parrot. Hello, Wilbur. What? Again? You at the piano strike up a chorus of my buddy, for the wandering boy has returned. Look, Wilbur... I, I would rise and bow from the waist as befits the occasion, but I fear that some sterno I accidentally came in contact with has rusted my spine, and I am forced to remain in a sitting position. I haven't got time to listen to the routine, Wilbur. I'm looking for someone. Here, take a look at this picture. Ever see this guy? Unless I have my morning constitutional book... I can bring nothing into focus but a large bottle and a straw. Oh, oh waiter. Waiter, uh, give me a bottle. You have arrived in the nick of time. I get that wonderful warm glow when you ask for a whole bottle. A snap comparison would be that of a happy mother smiling blissfully at a nursing babe. Okay, Wilbur, now tell me, uh, 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 do you know this man? One sip of strength, and I shall have the eyes of a carrot-stuffed feline. Now, 
Ah, yes, I can see the gentleman clearly. In fact, my vision has so greatly improved it begins to take on the functions of an X-ray. For instance, I can readily perceive that the man in question is addicted to false stimulants, and his low brow and squinty eyes tell me that he is indeed a person of some doubtful character. You're looking in the mirror. No, here. Here's his picture. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Mr. Bobby Wells. The description is flexible. Know where I can find him? Up until yesterday, he was residing at an institution upstate. Sing Sing, I believe. It is very possible that he is hiding out in one of his old haunts on 23rd Street, but uh, I couldn't say for sure. Oh, why not? Uh, This bottle you purchased entitles you to one of my best guesses. To be absolutely accurate, I would need further inducement. It's the risk, bucko. Uh, bring me another jug, bartender. Ah, bless you. Try looking in a rooming house at 533 West 23rd Street. Now, if you don't mind, I shall forget the necessity for long conversations and begin to concentrate on the work ahead of me. Goodbye, Bucko, and stop in again. Say tomorrow morning if you wake up feeling charitable. I left Wilbur trying to figure the best way to parlay the two bottles and headed for the address he'd given me. It was a typical apartment house of the district. A four-story building with a high premium insurance policy. I asked the landlady if a Bob Wells lived there, and she told me a man answering his description had taken a room there that morning. She told me he'd gone out a few minutes before, and she'd let me into his room. I told her to keep a lookout and warn me if he showed. Then I started looking. I tore the place apart, but I didn't come up with a thing. I spotted the phone and started to call Walt, and that's when I saw it. A pad lying by the base of the phone with a heavy imprint left from the writing on the top sheet. I pulled an old trick. I took a pencil and rubbed the lead lightly over the imprint, and up came one telephone number. I dialed it and waited. Weinberg's delicatessen. Oh, uh, is Bob Wells there? Oh? Bob Wells. Never heard of him. Thanks. Well, it's like that. One minute you think you've got a lead hot enough to melt your change purse, and the next you find yourself looking like a tree surgeon in Death Valley. But in my business, it takes a conventional three to strike you out. So I found the address of the delicatessen, and 15 minutes later, I was standing between a smoked herring and a three-foot salami talking with Mr. Weinberg. What can I do for you, sir? Oh, uh, I talked with you, oh, say, 20 minutes ago about a Mr. Bob Wells. Bob Wells? Oh, yes. Never heard of him. Uh, take a look at this picture. Maybe you know the face and not the name. It's familiar. Yes, I think I've seen him somewhere. Think hard now. This is important. Are you a policeman? Detective. Oh. How about it? Oh, yeah, yeah. As long as you're a cop. Sure, I remember him. He came to my store last night. I remember because I had already closed and he kept pounding on the door. Finally, I let him in. He was very rude. He bought a lot of groceries, but very rude. Have you seen him again? Sure, he came in this morning and bought locks and bagels. Stell Road. Hmm. Where's your phone? In the back. Has uh, this Mr. Wells done something? He left Sing Sing without saying goodbye to the warden. Ha! <laughs> now, look, uh, I'm going in the back and use your phone. If Wells happens to come in while I'm back there, stall him and come back and tip me off. I'll do my best. But he better not be rude.
Robinson. Hey, Walt, I'm in a delicatessen over on 24th Street. Yeah, Rick. I traced Wells this far, found out he's been buying food here, probably for Walsh. You think Walsh is hiding somewhere in the neighborhood? Yeah, yeah, that's my guess. They probably took separate places so they could move in a hurry if one hideout got hot. I'll be over there right away. Good. Comfortable, honey, but no yelling. Or I'll have to stuff up that pretty mouth. I don't understand this. Why did you kidnap me? I've been having a hard time getting in touch with your boyfriend, Diamond. Figure if his girl's in trouble, he'll come looking. I, I don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> sure, sure. Play it straight. But you watch. Tonight I call your butler and tell him we got you. If Diamond wants you alive, he comes to a spot I got picked up. And he comes along. I don't know any diamond. Ain't she cute, Bobby? Yeah, cute. Want me to fix her so she forgets how to lie? No, I don't care if she claims diamonds are uncle. <laughs> Go on down to Delicatessen and get some food. I'm getting hungry. Okay. But I still think we ought to be getting out of town. In one hour, I call this dame's house. At 12 o'clock, I meet Diamond in the park. Then we get out. Why do you want to see uh, this diamond? Oh, we're old friends, baby. He sent me up for life, and he shot my kid brother full of holes. I just want to see that Diamond gets everything that's coming to him. You talk too much. You've got some bad habits yourself. Now get that food. And if you're too lazy to walk downstairs, I'll show you a shortcut. Uh, Three floors, straight down. You can jump for it. Okay, okay. Good evening, gentlemen. What can Weinberg do for you? Hey, Lieutenant, that chopped liver sure looks good. Keep your fat hooks off of that, Otis. Walt. Oh, yeah, Rick? Back here. All right. The storekeeper is watching out for Wells. If he shows, he'll come back here in Tempest. I parked the squad car two blocks over. I didn't want Wells or Walsh to think something was up. Where's Otis? Otis! I'll be right with you, Lieutenant. I'm just buying something to nibble on. Hmm. His nibble would grind up a whole cow. If Wells comes in and spots a cop, he'll take off like a jackrabbit. Hold it, Walt. What's huh? the that guy coming across the street. Looks like Wells. Oh. Otis, get away from that door. Huh? I can't hear you, Lieutenant. A man's coming in the store. Get away from the door. He is? You want me to hide? No, you idiot. Just play it smart like you didn't know him. But get away from the door so he'll come in. Oh. Okay, Lieutenant. Leave it to me. Oh. Walt Duck. Good evening. What can the Weinberg do for you? Uh, I'll have a couple of sandwiches. Hey, try the salami. It's great. Huh? Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, make it salami. Call slot. Uh, pickle beer. Nice pickle. night. Listen uh, to that idiot. Yeah, sure. Master? Uh, he's doing fine, oh, Walter. Just... Relax. You live around here? Oh. Huh? No, uh, just seeing a sick friend. Yeah. Uh, maybe that salami ain't such a good idea if your friend's sick. You know, I had an uncle with ulcers. He couldn't touch the stuff. It's too much garlic. Ketchup? No. My friend's got a cold. Oh. Well, then I don't guess it'll hurt him, but... You know, the best thing for a cold is good mustard plaster. And now, you, you, you take the Here's plaster... Here's your sandwiches, sir. Sixty cents. Sixty? Here you are. Thanks. Thanks. Hope your friend gets better. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, come on. How did I do, Lieutenant? Well, one thing is sure. He thought you were too stupid to recognize him. Can you still see him, Rick? Yeah. Yeah, he crossed the street and he's starting to walk west. I'll tell him. He knows you. Good. When you spot the place, call me here. Think I should throw a net around the neighborhood? Not till we spot the hideout. Right. 
Hey, Diamond, they got your girl. How are you going to get her out? They'll probably use her for a shield. That's a good point, Sergeant. Believe me, I've been thinking about it. Oh, here's the sandwiches. Swell. Hey, hmm. you only got two. Oh, there was a cop in the delicatessen. A cop? Yeah, a big stupid one. Listen... I, I told him I'm getting food for a sick friend, see? And he starts giving me all kinds you of remedies. you sure you weren't tailed? Tailed? No, who tailed me? Cop stayed in a delicatessen. Okay. Here, honey. Have a sandwich. I'm not hungry. Oh. Suit yourself. Here, Bobby. Oh, thanks. Hey, when are you going to put in that call to this dame's butler? Right after we eat. Then we go to the park and wait for Mr. Diamond. Yeah? I'm in a drugstore across from the building that Wells went in. It's about a block away. Nifty drug. Block west on your side of the street. I'll wait inside. We'll be right down. Come on, Otis. The lieutenant hasn't spotted. Okay. Thanks for the bagel, Whitebrick. That's all right, officer. Come back again when you can pay for it. Come on, Otis. Move your big feet. Okay, okay. Hey. You got any brilliant ideas how we're going to get Helen out of there in one piece? No, I got to admit I'm stuck. Why don't you get that bear trap mind of yours working and make yourself a hero? Yeah. Well, maybe we could start a fire in the building and have to come out. Oh, swell, swell. There's nothing I'd like better than a well-done girlfriend. Well, I was trying. Yeah. Hey. Hey, wait a minute. What's the matter? Otis, remind me to kiss you on both cheeks. Hey, what are you doing? That's a firebox. I'm turning in an alarm. There. Oh, we're going to start that fire? No, but Walsh and Wells won't know there isn't one. When the trucks come and the firemen bust in the place, they'll think it's burning down around their ears. Yeah, maybe then they won't watch Helen too close, huh? Ah, that's the idea. Well, here's the nifty drugstore. Yeah. Rick, I've been worrying about something. Yeah, I know. How do we get Helen out? Yeah. Well, relax. Otis came up with a solution. Otis? Yeah, I turned in a fire alarm. Now, when the trucks get here, you can tell them what's up and they can go in the building and make like it was on fire. Well, won't Walsh know it's a phony if he can't smell smoke? The chief can tell him it's blazing in the basement. When they hit the street, we can get enough firemen to shield Helen and then take Walsh and Wells. I'll call the precinct and have the block surrounded. We'll need lights if they make a break for it. Uh, which apartment house are they in? That one, across the street. After I call the boys, we better go over and find out which room they're in. Quietly clear the rooms on both sides in case the shooting starts before we expect it. <laughs> Garlic upsets my stomach. How about that call? Yeah, right. Well, what's your phone number, baby? It's in the book. Oh. She gonna be troubled, Bobby? <coughs> he wants your number. Now, come on. We ain't got all night. All right. Evergreen 54308. Oh, that's better. Gotta be more careful, Bobby. Your lips bleeding. Yeah. Hey, Walsh. What's that? Sirens. Maybe that's the cops. If somebody tailed you, you... I told you I wasn't tailed. Wait, I'll go see. That's fire trucks. They're coming down a block. I don't smell no smoke. Hey, they're pulling up in front of this building. The joint must be on fire. Let's get out of here. Uh, maybe it's the building next to us. No, they're bringing the hoses right in front of the door of this joint. I'm getting out. Sit still. Maybe it ain't a big one. We can't go busting out in the street. Well, maybe it ain't a big one. But if it is, I don't want to end up like a pound of spare ribs. Oh, shut her up, 
Why, you... Yeah. All right, now, come on. Hey, what's that? Yeah, what is it? Fire department, we're back here from the building. What are we going to do with the dame? Shove her in that closet. Just a minute, we'll be right with you. Hurry, Tom, there's a fire in the basement, snooting a gas man. The whole place may go up any second. Did you hear that? Yeah, step on it. Okay. Hey, you better step on it, down these stairs. We can find our way. Hey, there's a couple of prowl cars. Yeah. Separate. We'll meet at the other place. Okay, Walsh. That's far enough. Ah. It's the Shamus. Get him, Walsh. Don't reach for it, Walsh. I owe you something, Diamond. You all right, Rick? Yeah, Walsh. He's a worse shot than his brother. Where's Wells? He made a break for it, but he won't get through. All right, Wells. You can't get through. Drop your gun. You won't take me, copper! Well, that's that. What about Walsh? Uh, he's pretty dead. Come on, I want to find out what happened to Helen. Well, Walt and I went up to the room and found Helen in the closet. We took her downstairs and she cried a little on my shoulder. I like that. Makes me feel so protective. Walt cleaned things up and dropped Helen and me off at her place. An hour later, Helen got back to normal and we relaxed on the couch and forgot about Wells and Walsh. How do you feel now, baby? Daddy. Want to get Francis to fix some dinner for you? Oh, no, I'm not very hungry. You can have some if you want. No, no. Want to play some canasta or something? You always said it was a bad 200 game. Yeah, it is. Well, I forgot my jacks. <laughs> Silly. Want a neck? Ooh, what you said. Come here. No. Helen. No, I'm mad. Mad? What for? Because those two thugs ruined a wonderful evening. What's the matter? Want me to go? Oh, you idiot, of course not. I had a big surprise planned. You did? Yes. Believe it or not, I had two wonderful seats for South Pacific, and now it's too late to go. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, well, I'm sorry, baby. I'd love to have seen it. Me, too. Well, I'm not exactly Ezio Pinza, but I'll try to make it up to you. Oh, Rick, that's a wonderful idea. Well, what'll it be? Uh, some enchanted evening. Oh, really? Me, 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 me. Hmm. A some enchanted evening. You may see a stranger. You may see a stranger across a crowded room. Rick. What's the matter? I was just trying to make like pizza. But, honey, it's safer for you to make like diamond. Oh. And somehow you know. You know even then. That somewhere you'll see her again and again. Oh, you're not Pinza, but it's wonderful. Thanks. Some enchanted evening. Someone may be laughing. You may hear her laughing across a crowded room. And night after night, as strange as it seems, the sound of her laughter 
will sing in your dream. Rick. Who can explain it? Who can tell you why? Ricky. Fools give you answers. Wise men never try. Oh, Rick. Oh, honey, what's the matter? I was just falling in love with myself. Come here. You never let me finish. Do you mind? Oh, well, no. And I'm sure Mr. Pinza doesn't either. You have just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Helen was played by Virginia Gregg, Lieutenant Levinson by Ed Begley. Also in our cast were Wilms Herbert, Paul Fries, and Larry Dobkin. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Richard Diamond is written by Blake Edwards and directed by William P. Rousseau. Now this is Eddie King inviting you to be with us again at the same time next week when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. This program has come to you from Hollywood. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. As Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Hello there. This is Diamond. Hey, what about this heat? I can think of a lot of times I've been uncomfortable, but this runs itself right up to the top of my list. About the only thing good I can say about it, get your laundry dry in a hurry. I usually wash a few things out in my office because the soap's free. Come to think of it, I was scrubbing a pile of things the day we had that big wind. 97 degrees in New York, and we get a tornado to cool us off. I had so much dust in my office, I could have supplied mud pies to the whole neighborhood. And after it was all over, the cigarette ad on Broadway was blowing smoke rings through the trap door of one of my scattered longies. The waves in Long Island Sound were so rough friend of mine capsized, and when he came up, he found three terrified herring hiding in his nose. Oh, it was swell. One minute, it was so hot you couldn't move, and the next, a 58-mile-an-hour wind was doing the moving for you. Then, to top it off, I got mixed up in one of the grisliest cases I'd ever worked on. It all started one evening. The car was moving down a lonely road, two people in it. In a couple of minutes, one of them would be pretty dead. What are you stopping for? <laughs> what are you doing? Let me go. Get your hands off me. No, help. Please, please. Ah! 
Hey, Ed. Huh? Stop the car a second. What for? I thought I saw something lying back there on the road. So what? Probably a dead dog. No, no, no. Hold it. Too big to be a dog. Oh, for Pete's sake. Back it up about 20 yards. <sighs> that, that, that's good. Okay, where is it? Right over there. Yeah. Hey, come on. Hey. sick. Me too. Uh, uh, let's get to a phone call of cops. Knit one, pearl one. Hmm. Knit one, pearl one. Ah, there, you little fiend. Now, what does it say about the heel? Mm-hmm. Turn the heel. Hmm. Oh, I dropped a stitch. Now I gotta go back and pick it up again. Yeah? Rick, what's the matter? Oh, Miss Asher? You and your bright ideas. What did I do? You did plenty. I'm a nervous wreck. What from? You remember you said I ought to take up something to keep me busy in the office? Yes. You remember you mentioned knitting? Oh, no. Oh, yes. I've dropped more stitches than a cross-eyed surgeon. You idiot. I was only fooling. Well, I wasn't. I did it up right. Book of directions, enough yarn to wrap up King Tut and all, all his handmaidens, <laughs> and two of the finest bone needles and gimbals. Now, don't laugh. I was making Francis a pair of screaming argyles. Now keep with it, strong heart. You went out. Yeah, you darn right. Oh, what I said. Darn. Get it? Helen, are you still there? Yes, Rick. Wasn't funny? No, Rick. Okay, come on over. Let's neck. Yes, Rick. Shame on you. Is that all you can say? I love you. And I'll see you about eight. Oh. You don't sound very happy. Well, that's such a long way off. I'll give you time to make plans. Bye. Bye. Now, let's see. I got to take out one, two, three, five rows. Yeah, what is it? Rick? Oh, oh how are you, Walt? Very unhappy. Well, you should see me. I got to take out five whole rows just to pick up one lousy stitch. What? Oh, forget it. What are you unhappy about? I'll tell you about it when you get down here. The 5th Precinct's 20 blocks. Can't you give it to me over the pipe? I wouldn't ask you if it wasn't important. And I'd rather not say anything over the phone. Okay, okay. Stop making like Porsche face in life. I'll be down as soon as I finish this heel. Heel? Yes. If you must know, I've taken up knitting. Coming from you, I am unmoved. I don't care if your building sergeant orders a fur-lined money belt. Get down here as fast as you can. All right, Walt. But you'll be sorry when it starts getting cold again, and I won't knit you a sweater to cover your little old blue stomach. Oh. Bye, Walt. Getting Walt's goat was a sport with me, and whether he'd admit it or not, he got a kick out of it, too. Sometimes I wouldn't stay on the rib as long as I usually do, but that was only because Walt always starts sounding just a little bit worried. Then I know it's time to lay off and get serious. Don't misunderstand me. I never lay off entirely, and I never get completely serious. Those are two habits that don't help find the solution any quicker. They just fit you with a mess of ulcers, and you still end up too worried and too serious. I closed my office and headed for Walt's precinct. When I walked in, I spotted Sergeant Otis leaning back in his chair with his number 12s resting on the desk. Hello, Otis. 
Well, how's the big private detective today? Just fine, Otis. And how is the flash of the 5th Precinct? Yeah, don't you worry about me, Diamond. I'll get along. Better go on in and see the lieutenant. He wants to see you. <laughs> hey, what's it about, Diamond? You need someone to help you from the police force? You know, Sergeant, you've got a fine head on your shoulders. <laughs> well, I'm glad you noticed. The one under your arm isn't so bad either. Uh... Hello, Walt. Rick, why don't you leave that poor guy alone? After you leave, he comes running in here and cries all over my desk. Otis? Ah, he wouldn't shed a tear if he was standing in an onion warehouse watching his grandmother set fire to herself. Yeah, well, give him a rest for a while. I got a big problem I want to talk to you about. All right, Walt, what's on your mind? Well, I don't know quite how to give it to you. It isn't strictly kosher for the police force to go around asking for help. Now, wait a minute. I don't want any apology routine. If you want a favor, you came to the right boy, and you know that goes without saying. Yeah, I guess I do. But this is a pretty big favor, Rick. The, uh, commissioner's on my back. So is everyone else that's got anything to do with this city's government. Sounds rough. What did they do? Find out you were hiding a chimpanzee in a cop's uniform and calling him Sergeant Otis? Oh, now be serious for a second, Rick. Sure, if you'll get to the point. All right. I guess you've been reading about these homicides you've been having for the past three weeks. Yeah, Pretty messy. Well, the powers that be say, solve them or turn in my badge. Oh, well, now, wait a minute. Don't they know that this is the toughest kind of a killing? The killer's obviously got a lot of screws loose, and a maniac doesn't need a motive to kill. Don't those swivel chair bigwigs know that a crime without motive is the toughest job in the world to crack? Sure, sure, they know all that, but the public and the press is yelling its head off, so the pressure is on. Well, what do you want me for? You've got one of the best departments in the state. When you were on the force, it was the best department in the state. Now you stop that. Then stop twisting my arm. What do you want? I want help. I've got to crack this case by next week or I'm out of my ear. You're the best detective we had on the force, and you're the best private gumshoe in the city. Oh, now that's better. Now, what about these killings? Each time they find some dame looking like the last of a hamburger sale... Oh, excuse me a minute, but... Yeah? Lieutenant? No, Jack the Ripper. What do you want, Mallethead? Uh, we just got a report from a guy out in the river road. Another one of them butcher killings. What? Yeah, some dame all hacked up and lying beside the road. Okay, get the car out. I'll meet you downstairs. Oh, did you hear that, Rick? Mm-hmm. Well, come on. You want me along? Of course. I can brief you about the whole setup on the way over. Oh, I don't know whether it's such a good idea to get mixed up in this. Why not? Well, it looks like whoever gets close to this killer doesn't have much of a future. Well, you can't live forever. Oh, aren't you the sweet one? No, that's not what's worrying me. What is then? When I go out, I want a nice, comfortable place to lie down in. The way this nut goes to work with a knife, I might end up in a freezer. <laughs> All right, all right, everybody's back. Go on through, Lieutenant. Show him your biceps, Otis. Uh, How did all these people get out here? This is ten miles from anything. Uh, someone must have heard me call the police. Uh, when I left the phone booth, the whole crowd followed me out here. Who are you? Uh, my name's Ed Cody. Me and my friend here found a body. Where is it? Right over here, Walt. Well, how does it look? The way you thought it would. Oh, Otis. Yeah, Lieutenant. Yeah, here's your bicarb. Uh, now you see what I'm up against, Rick. Pardon me. This is the third killing like this in three weeks. Oh, I don't feel too good. Let's walk over this way. Yeah. Cody, you and your friend come along. We want to ask some questions. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, whoever the guy is that's pulling these murders is a complete lunatic. Are they all like that, Walt? You should have seen the last one. How'd, uh, 
How'd you guys happen to spot the body? Oh, well, I saw it first, and I told Ed here. Uh, yeah, uh, we were just driving along when Max spotted something lying beside the road. I backed her up, and we got out. I saw what it was. I left Mac here, went back to town to call you. What's your full name, Mac? McCarthy, John McCarthy. Okay. Now, what are you doing, Rick? Uh, looking at the road. Hey, uh, that's your car up there, Cody? It's Max. I was just driving. You went ahead how far? Oh, I'd say about 20 yards. Then we backed up and left the car where you see it now. You won't find much even if the road is soft. Their car and any other car would have blocked out the killer's tracks. Uh, maybe he didn't use a car. Maybe he walked her out this way and then killed her. No, this place is 10 miles from anything. He drove all right. And this crowd has ruined any footprints for sure. Oh, here come the boys. Come on, Rick. As soon as they start examining things, we can get back to the station. Yeah, I'm going to go through the whole file on the last two killings. You won't find much. Well, a change of reading never hurts anyone. I'm getting tired of reading those dime novels. Too bloody. Well, that's the whole mess. No leads at all, huh? Not a one. I'm getting nearsighted from looking at all the lineup. We've picked up everything from drunks to safecrackers. Not a lead. Same type of crime in every case. Hmm. This killer's got a crazy streak as wide as Broadway. Oh, wait until the commissioner hears about this one. Well, yeah? Give me a pencil. Now, tic-tac-toe is out. I got a headache. Stop waving your gills and give me a pencil. Here. What are you doing with that map? Drawing circles. Now, you stop that. That's a scale of this city, and I don't want it loused up by your doodling. Look at that. So you make a dandy circle. Thanks. What's it for? How should I know? You drew it. Drew what? The circle. Wasn't that a little foolish? Of course it was. That's what I'm yelling about. Well, that's bad for you. What is? Yelling. I know it. I thought you said you didn't know. Know what? About the circle I just drew. What circle? The one on the map. That's what I was yelling about. Why? You didn't draw it. I know I didn't. You did. What for? How should I know? You're a policeman. What in blazes has that got to do with it? You were a rookie, weren't you? Of course I was. You worked your way up to sergeant and then to head of the homicide, didn't you? You know very good and well I did. Wasn't it a little tough? You bet it was. I pounded the beat for four long years. Did it by the sweat of my... Br now, wait a minute. How did we get into this? You asked me about this circle I drew. I did? Yes, Walt. But you didn't know what it was for. Oh, yeah. What is it for? It's for you. I get... Yeah, it's not bad. Oh, I knew it, I knew it. You lowlife, you conniving, dirty, underhanded louse. You always do this to me. I think you sit around nights and pull the wings off of flies. Moths. All right, moths. Sit around and dream up little monstrosities to pull on the police force and use me as a... a, a, a guinea pig. A... Right, guinea pig. You call me, Lieutenant? No, get out of here, you idiot. Yeah, Lieutenant. Diamond, for once I'm going to find out what's at the end of this merry-go-round. I want to know about that circle. And I'm going to get it out of you if I have to shove that map down your throat. Huh? This happens to be the commissioner, Oh, uh, not you, Commissioner. Are you on the Yes, Commissioner. I'm the you Yes, Commissioner. Well, I just went out and looked at the body. Yes, but. But, but. But, but. But, but. Your motor's running. You shut up. Oh, no, Commissioner. Somebody else. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, who was it? I am not talking to you. Don't you want to know about the circle? No. Fine. When I was looking over the reports on the killings, I noticed something. You don't say. Say what? <clears throat> okay, if you don't want to play, be a sorehead all your life. Well, I noticed that all of the killings, 
including the one we looked at this afternoon, were within at least 10 miles of each other. And the first one, this one, this one right here, was exactly in the other direction from the last one. Bully for you. No, it's nothing. Well, using the first and last homicide for the edge of the circle, we find that the other killing also fall within the sphere. Okay, so what? Mm-hmm. Getting interested? No, I'm not. Well, the girl this afternoon had been dead for about 14 hours, wouldn't you say? Yeah, but the coroner can come closer. Well, about anyway. Now, in the other two cases, it says that both girls met their deaths about 3 in the morning. Now, if the last one was dead 14 hours, she comes close to that time, too. Okay, okay, what does that prove? Not a thing, but it's something to go on. This is a wild one, Walt. But... Let's say that our killer started off with his victim somewhere within that circle. To drive five miles, half the distance of the circle, it would take him, oh, about... Uh, Fifteen minutes. Okay, 15 minutes. Now, that means he left his starting point around 2.45. Now, that's a funny hour to be so consistent. You're right. Bars close at 2. 45 minutes to talk a dame into a ride. Hmm? Might be. Oh, I'll be done. I may be all wet. The killer probably started from somewhere outside the circle, but we can start by eliminating the idea of the night spots anyway. Yeah, Lieutenant? Checking all the night spots from... Uh, 45th Street and Broadway, the center of the circle. From 45th Street and Broadway for 10 miles in every direction. Yeah, Lieutenant. That means cafes, bars, bowling alleys, anything that stays open until 2 or after, and step on it. I hope we're right. So do I. I don't like walking on eggs. Then sit down. Who knows? You might hatch something. Walt found out the name of the last victim, and the family supplied us with a picture. Her name was Martha Kirk, and her family knew nothing of her whereabouts the night of the murder. You can't really appreciate a police department until you really see them in action. Inside of two hours, Walt had every dive, bar, and night spot in the ten-mile circle tagged. They spread out, one man to every five blocks, each with a picture of the three murdered girls. Because it had been my idea, Walt wanted me to swim with it and maybe sink. I took a little section from 48th Street to 46th Street, and by late afternoon, I'd covered most of the likely prospects. You guessed it. The bottom of the barrel was coming up fast, and it was emptier than a ballpark during a thunderstorm. No one had ever seen the three victims. The last spot on the list was a bowling alley. I walked in and spotted the cocktail lounge. When I climbed up on one of the stools, a bartender with a head that should have been out on the alleys walked up to me. Yeah, what'll it be? Uh, how about a glass of milk? Glass of milk? Do you can stand it? Well, if you're worried, water it a little. I don't want to pass out on you. Eh, get him. He made it funny. So did your family. You're looking for trouble? Only if I get pushed. I'm looking for information. Place door on the left. Yeah. Ever seen any of these girls before? What are you, cop? Let's say I'm nosy and that I've got a badge to keep me in the spirit of the thing. Oh, why'd you say so? Uh, uh, let me see him. All right. Here's the first one. Uh, no, no, no. I ain't never seen her. How about this one? Uh-uh. And this one? Nope. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, sure, I know this one. Comes in here about twice a week. Was in last night. Gets lushed up, cries about how tough a family is on her knees. Uh, uh, Kirk? Yeah. Uh, Martha. Uh, Martha Kirk. Nice looker. She was. Huh? Uh, did she ever come in with a man? No, but uh, sometimes she leaves with one. Same guy every time? No. Do you remember her leaving with a man last night? Uh, yeah, yeah. Come to think of it, she did. What time? No, about 2.15. Uh, we stopped serving the two right on the dot. That we do. That you do. Yeah, okay. Think you'd know the guy if you saw him again? 
Oh, sure. He comes in a couple times a week, too. Uh, I seen him pick up a couple of strays. <laughs> I guess you call him a wolf. Yeah, with a hatchet. Huh? Oh, forget it. Where's your phone? Uh, right over there. Hey, here, use a slug. It's on the house, officer. Thanks. Hope nothing's happened to Martha. She was a rotten drunk. What a wonderful kid. She was, huh? Sergeant Otis. Otis, let me speak to the lieutenant, and if you crack just once, I'll come over there and shove your head so far down you'd have to untie your shoelaces to cough. Okay, okay, Diamond. You don't have to get nasty. Lieutenant Levinson. You can forget about retiring, Walt. You got something? Yeah, it looks like. What did your boys turn up? Nothing yet. What is it, Rick? Don't play games now. Get over to 47th and 9th, the bowling alley in the middle of the block. I'm in the bar. Want me to bring the boys? No, no. This is one we've got to play quietly. I don't want to scare our ghoul off. I'll be right down. Hey, what about that milk? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, coming up. Uh, hey, uh, is there going to be a pinch? Uh, there is, Buster. There certainly is. Walt romped in about a half hour later, and he talked to the bartender. He finally looked satisfied. He had to because it was the only lead that had turned up. We told the bartender to tip us if the guy showed again, and we sat down to wait. Maybe my rabbit's foot started thinking it was back with the quartet because around 1 a.m. it started kicking. The bartender gave us a nod just as a big guy wandered in and sat down at the bar. He weighed in at about 2.20, and his clothes were sloppy. He ordered a drink and started eyeing a cute little number sitting at the other end of the bar. Let's take him. Hold it, Walt. He's making a pitch. What? The dame at the end of the bar. So he's making a pitch. What do you want to do? Wait around till he takes her out of here? Maybe you'd like to help him sharpen his axe. Look, you haul him in now, you'll have to beat it out of him. You want him to pick the dame up? Was that against the law? Arrest me. Now, you stop clowning. You'd rather catch him with the goods, wouldn't you? Yeah, but... Now, don't start that again. You butted the commissioner to death. Just relax, and maybe you can pick up a few pointers. Our big boy moved all right. Right up to the seat next to the cute little girl. She was under full sail, didn't seem to mind it at all. He landed at 1.15. At 1.30, he'd established a firm beachhead, and by 2 o'clock, there was a flag raising. Okay, he scored. Now, joint's closing. Uh, they're leaving. I'm going to tail him. How? He's probably got a car. And if he gets away with that girl, he may kill her. Look, Walt, I promise you, he won't get into that car unless I go, too. Now, come on. We'll both stick close to him until I can think of something. We followed the man and the girl outside and walked a few yards behind making like we had a little load on. They headed for a big parking lot, and that's when I got the idea. The parking attendant was just walking up to him when I stumbled forward. Hey, boy. Rick, what are you doing? Stay with me, Walt. Yeah? Uh, son, I, I want my car. Hey, just a minute. I was here first. Sure, honey. Don't let him get away with uh, it. Look, old man, my, my friend here is late getting home. He's got a wife that's ten feet tall. You mind if I get my car first? Ah, <laughs> uh, go ahead. Some nerve. Relax, honey. They're gonna take a little drive, huh? Yeah. Okay, let's see your ticket. Well, we'll go here someplace. Come on, we'll walk up. I know where the car is. Okay, but you gotta have a ticket. Rick, what's going on? Keep walking. Hey, I thought you was loaded. Keep going. We're the police. Huh? That's right. Oh. What's wrong? Which one is that guy's car? You mean the guy back there with the dame? Yeah. Uh, give me his ticket. Oh, right over there, the coupe. Rick, come on. 
I'm going to climb in that trunk, and you're going to put in a general alarm, Walt. Then you're going to get in your car and tail us. But stay far enough behind so that he doesn't spot something. Okay, but I think you're crazy. Is the trunk open? Yeah. Now get going. Well, they'll see me coming back. Tell them you forgot something in the bowling alley and that I passed out my car. All right. Uh, and son. Yeah? Don't let on that anything had happened. We think that man is a killer. Oh. I squeezed into the trunk and waited. About two minutes later, the lovebird showed up and got in the front seat. We rode like that for about 15 minutes, and it wasn't bad until we hit the dirt road. Then my inside started bouncing around like a pound of rice in a wind tunnel. We drove for about 10 minutes more and came to a stop. I raised the trunk just enough, just enough to get some fresh air and listen. I didn't want to climb out because they'd feel the movement up in front. I was sure they could hear my breathing. <laughs> what are we stopping for? Well, I, uh... uh, -uh. <laughs> I, uh, just wanted to look at the pretty scenery. Now, how can you? It's too dark. <laughs> I can see you, baby. You're nice. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, thank you. They went on like that for another half hour, and I started thinking I'd picked the wrong guy. Then the conversation changed. What's the matter? That's so funny. Don't you know? No, and I don't like the way you're acting. Women. That's what's funny. They're all the same. Huh? Just like my wife. She was like all the other women. Hey, let's get out of here. You're talking funny. Funny? Yeah. See a man and you like him. Any man. You're all alike. Now you stop that. I just came along Come because... here. No, you let me go. You ain't no different. Come here. No, stop that. Let me get out of the car. Sure. Go ahead, go ahead. I don't want no blood stains on the seat anyhow. Ah! Run! I'll catch you! That tore it right down the middle. I rolled out and didn't forget to take my 38 around. I spotted him in the moonlight, moving after her like a big animal. He was laughing. I could see something in his hand. It was a knife. She tripped and fell, and he moved in. He gave me goosebumps bigger than grapefruit. When he was nearly on top of her, I closed in. Okay, hold it! Drop the knife! I'll kill him! I'll kill her like a I'll kill her too! You all right, honey? No, no, no. Just take it easy. Take it easy. It's all over. I'm so glad you got here. Come on, now. Let's, let's get back to the car. Easy. You sure you're all right, dear? You know something? No, what? I think that man was crazy. Well, Walt finally got there and we sent the girl home. 
The wagon came and cleaned up things. I found out later that Walt was blessed by the commissioner, and I got an assist. I needed calming down, so I stopped off at 975 Park Avenue, the home of the best remedy for bruised nerves I knew of. Oh, good evening, sir. Good evening, Francis. Is Miss Asher in? Yes, sir. She's in the study, knitting. Knitting? Knitting. Thank you, Francis. One, curl, two. Next one, curl, two. That's like taking stupid pills. Rick. Hello, baby. Oh, look what I've gotten into. I'm a nervous wreck. Oh, that'll teach you. What are you building? Well, it was going to be a surprise for you. Oh, a whole suit. <laughs> oh, silly. Ricky. Yeah? I need relaxing. You need relaxing. Oh, swell. Ricky. I know just a thing. No, come over here. There's an old spinning wheel in the parlor. Spinning dreams of a long, long ago. Ricky! What's the matter, dear? What about this? Cruising down the river on a Sunday afternoon. Ricky. With one you love. The sun above, waiting for the moon. Ricky. The old accordion playing. Ricky. A sentimental tune. Rick! Oh, honey, what's the matter? You can sing later. Oh. Please. What is it, really, baby? Come here. something? I may never sing again. Okay. You have just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Helen was played by Virginia Gregg, Lieutenant Levinson by Ed Begley. Also in our cast were Wilms Herbert, Bill Conrad, Lorene Tuttle, Jack Crucian, and Sidney Miller. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Richard Diamond is written by Blake Edwards and directed by William P. Rousseau. Dick Powell will next be seen in the motion picture Mrs. Mike, based on the best-selling novel Mrs. Mike. Now, this is Eddie King inviting you to be with us again at the same time next week when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That wraps it up for tonight's show at 1001 Radio Grime Solvers. We really enjoy good reviews, so when you have a chance, say something nice about a selection of shows, or maybe suggest some to us. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.